HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Comté-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. This week on Meat and 3, we're getting semantic to understand the deeper meaning behind some of the foods we love. First, we'll look at the big debate happening around the word milk. Who the hell are you to tell me what is the name of my product and my landscape and everything we've cared about when, you know, you don't have anything invested in except to put out a little money to buy it. <laughs> it's our entire life. Then we get the lowdown on the language of cider. So the first thing that's really confusing about dryness is that it has nothing to do with how something actually feels in your mouth. And finally, we get our fill of tiki talk. You don't walk into a tiki bar and be like, oh yeah, this is what Polynesia is probably like. Like, it's, it's supposed to be like fantasy and stuff. That's the hard part. It's so easy to do tiki bad, and that's where it gets a bad name. Tune into this week's episode of Meat and 3. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. And welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Elena Santigade. Today's show is the last of the season. And listeners, do you know what that means? Host show! Host show! Yes, it's officially an end-of-season tradition now that we're doing it a second time. Aaron, Diane, and I are all here in the studio together, ready for another round. I feel like we just did this. Ding! <laughs> well, it was yes, December. It was December. But our season's so short. Yes, it yes, feels short. We yeah. have short seasons. Well, thank goodness that we're back here again doing this because I've really missed you two. <laughs> now this is the only way we get along. <laughs> Forced okay. radio conversation. Yes, that's yes. not true. We we're actually along. like knifing each other in the back. Hardly. Oh, only me. We we have been we're the we're real only truth, stabbing you. The real truth is we're all sitting on the same chair in the studio because we love each other so much, listeners. You'll just have to imagine that. Right. Okay. Who's on bottom? You just guess. 
On our last host show, we discussed our desert island cheeses, just to jog your memory. What cheeses we would carve into a mountain for posterity and other general musings. Oh, that was, yeah, that was quite controversial. Yes, Diane was very unhappy with our choices, if I Mm -hmm. remember correctly. Today, listeners, you can expect more of the same. I have some prompts for the group, and... We will just see how it goes. And we expect Diane to be unhappy. <laughs> I'm, I've cheered up. Wow. I've cheered up. Wow. You, you sound it. <laughs> just at the top of your game. Okay, let's start, let's start with a lob here. It's my deep voice. <laughs> easy, easy lob. Junk food and cheese pairing. What have you got? Uh, well, the sound of a lob right there. Yep, there you I go. looked up junk food cheese. And what did I, you find? I found a dialogue on is cheese junk food, right, which of course direction. I was horrified, totally horrified that anyone would consider cheese junk food. Well, what kind of cheese are we? Yeah, talking? I mean, are we talking about? Well, there was a mention of cheese? more, you know, uh, less nacho yeah, type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not talking cheese, Goo. cheese whiz. I think yeah. we can all agree. But it, junk food. it was right. actually in the Guardian. Okay. Uh, oh, and then I got into a different topic, too, that I want to bring up later. <laughs> but um, it said cheese might be junk food. Who was saying this? And what was their argument? They're so liberal at the Guardian. <laughs> I know. Well, they're probably vegan. You know, mm. who knows? Who Maybe knows? it was advertorial content. It could have been. It could have been. But I think it was from, uh, like, like nut milk lobby. 2010. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. outdated. Yeah. So it's outdated and doesn't really answer the question, does it? I know, it yeah. doesn't. It yeah. doesn't, so but I got distracted. Your, I got distracted. Where else did your internet search take you? Well, um, I then had to just think of my favorite. Of your answer to the question. Yes, of <laughs> my answer to the question. And I'll let Aaron go first. Because <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it, it, to it, write down my answer. Can something shocking be oh, predictable at wow. the same time? Yes. Yeah, somehow we've achieved both there. That, <laughs> something happened in space and time just now in the studio. So I think that I proved at our lasso show that I am snobby and highfalutin. Yes. That yeah. seems I mean, yes. to be To our listeners, I think you both already know that about me. Right. Um, and so junk food and cheese is like, it's not, it's not, I won't say it's, it's, it's not a pairing that I necessarily do every day, although I will enjoy. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, I think the obvious one is Harbison and any kind of potato chip. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Ruffles, personally. Oh. Now, I'm going to say a highbrow. I'm going to say Rusty's and Harbison. Well, so that's, that's highbrow, mean, highbrow. I didn't want to do that's, yeah. that's, what I, that's what I would do, well, but I then have, I didn't want to be that guy. You know, I have trouble, too, because, believe it or not, I don't eat a lot of junk food. Do you use the chip? As, as the, the conduit. It dep- well, yes, although it depends on how, you know, loosey-goosey like you can't your do that. Harbison is. You can't do that with a Lay's. You no, can't do that with no. a Lay's, no ruffles. I don't think the Cape Cod would really hold up either. Oh, Cape Cod would. They're thick. Um, well, it doesn't, it, if it doesn't matter is. that you leave the, some of the chip behind. No, because then it's just it's 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 seasoning <laughs> for your next right and right, a, and a right. double crunch. You right. might get a double crunch, on and it. you like, want to you know, eat the whole harvest. Right. Anyway. The ruffles gives you structural integrity, and it's so salty. And I grew mm-hmm. up with ruffles in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and Potato that was like chips are my like dad's mm-hmm. guilty pleasure, and mm. and they they taste now that I eat them. Like with all the fancy chips that are out there, they're so salty and like chemically salty. But yeah, like do they mm-hmm. have flavor? Is salt a flavor? 
Mm-hmm. They don't it? taste like potato. They taste vaguely of like oil, oil, mm-hmm. like like slightly rancidified oil, <laughs> and like MSG and salt. Could um, be more as you go along the line. Yeah, it really. I mean, and actually, it varies from bag to bag. I've noticed recently. Right, it. right. Mm. Um, it could I be old bags. One, you only really know how rancid. Like I, I just did a chip tasting recently, and you have to decide whether we like those. What are the fancy ones? It's semi-fancy you buy in the grocery store. The salt and pepper. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, with the with the matte finish. Yeah, bag. kettle, matte finish kettle, bag. Yep. kettle chips. Right. Yeah. So yeah. there's those, and then we bought Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. It was like classic. You know, classic Cape Cod. They're both a little bit highbrow chips, but like mm-hmm. not really. But they're they're available. They're available. And it was like I'd remember the salt and pepper being a particularly great flavor, mm-hmm. and. They were rancid oh, compared to the Cape Cod, and you, like on their own, I was like, "These are good." And then you taste the Mexican Cape Cod, and you're like, "Oh no, these are bad." Right? Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I wonder if it was just that bag. I don't want to trash. Well, it, it, they, on their own, they didn't taste that bad to me, but only when I compared, compared they mm-hmm. were like, oh, "There is no, a purity mm-hmm. of taste in the Cape Cod chips." I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so I would say, you know, Ruffles and Harbison. Um, okay, I also <clears throat> bugles. Um, bugles, yes. Bugles are just a, it, so. What we're talking Stuffed, about? Is, do you want to do like a little fancy preparation where you stuff the bugle with a little cheese? Well, so something I do really like <laughs> is bugles. If we're talking like bugles, creme fraiche, and caviar. Ooh, there <laughs> we um, go. That spans. I a love few. the highbrow, lowbrow of that because <laughs> potato chips can sometimes be a little too salty for that. Um, um, what is the flavor of a bugle? It's kind of. Like is there a little onion? Corny. Is there like a little onion hint in it? There's like a hair, like yeah, a little. Like a hint of corn, hint I, of I onion think in like it. A little off, like a little sweet corny yeah. vibe. It's um, a unique thing. The bugle. but not like yeah. And so those mm. are great with like gorgonzola, crema ficado, Whoa. like any kind of mm. any kind of liquid blue cheese. Good. I think really Ooh, works there. Yes, because it's a yes. great little mm. little cup. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a, well, it's you know what. Thomas Keller has got his cone. Sure. Then right. there's the bugle. And this has mm-hmm. been done, right? Like, I'm not reinventing the wheel here, but <laughs> right. it's, um, you know, you know, in a pinch I... when Thomas Keller can't make you a waffle cone or whatever. he can't make you that, that... Tiny cone what? of saviar, or caviar right. and... Right. Uh, yeah, just grab a bag of bugles. Yeah. Bugles. I think, bugles. <laughs> I, I think I have a problem. Answering the question? Yes, but any, any I think questions? the problem is that I'm older than you guys. Different generation of and junk food. I want to say cheese whiz. Well, that's not. I just it's had cheese whiz pairing. last week. What are you putting it on? Well, on a crackers. Cheese stick. Crackers. You're just putting you put cheese, cheese whiz on crackers. On, yes, on Ritz. That's fine. Yes, you put them on Ritz. Um. That seems like the most traditional. Yeah, that's what I would expect. Would it be Ritz? I don't know. My father used to eat cheese whiz. Well, hold on. This is we're not talking about in the abstract. This is like when is the last time you've done this? Yeah, have you done this? Oh well, I wouldn't be caught dead buying cheese whiz now. Now, do they even sell it? Do they sell it? Yeah, cheese whiz is a big market. (laughs) And I, I bet they sell more cheese whiz than all Jasper Hill cheeses combined. Oh, sad but true. I ate it last week on a Philly cheesecake. Cheese steak. <laughs> oh, did you get the new one? Did you go to Tony Luke's? No, I was in Philly. Where did you go? She can't remember. One of the big <laughs> ones with neon? I'm a Pats. Ugh. We're a Pats family. Come on. I don't go to the Geno's with the big neon. Come on. All right. This is for another show. <laughs> go to neither. I'm from Philadelphia. This is. Well, see, that's the thing. Oh, you are? I'm sure. What, of course. What, where do you yeah. go? John's? Or do you go to some other obscure uh, one? I go to another, it's not that obscure, but. 
I go to Del Sanders. The thing is, I'm not from Philly, so I don't know all the ins and outs. But of the obvious choices... Next time, reach out to your co-host. Okay. Now I know. <laughs> now I know. Um, okay, so... Do you have an answer for this question? Diana has abstained Thank in, you for in her... Asking. In her... Oh, cheese whiz. That's... Oh, right. That doesn't Although the question. she doesn't seem to eat that, so whatever. But um, I had Junk a similar conundrum as you, Aaron, where I thought... I, I had sort of a hard time thinking about junk food that I like routinely pair with cheese. But I will say that I love having hot chocolate with Alpine style cheese, little bits of it in the hot chocolate Ooh. that I let. Oh, no, no, no. You try this out, Diane. Are we talking like Swiss Miss? Uh, like water? No, like a proper hot chocolate. I mean, oh, that's, that's as close as I could get okay. to junk food. But proper hot chocolate. Cut up a little bit of, you know, Alpine-style cheese of your you choice. Know, for someone who proposed this prompt... I know, um, I actually had a hard time yeah, answering that it that is sort of weird. Mm. Then my other answer is queso. Uh, but wait, to go back to the hot chocolate thing... Queso doesn't answer your question either. Yeah? Well, that's sort of junk food. Queso and tortilla chips. But it's, it's, maybe I misunderstood. Junk food and cheese to me was like, what do you buy at the bodega and right. then pair with the fancy cheese? I know. Mm. I had a hard time... <laughs> I'm with Diane on this one in that I had trouble answering the question. and it's, After you proposed yeah, it's it. it's sort of like a double mark on me. Wow. For that I feel reason. like you're oh, a good. teacher that aside yes. the test that they don't know the answers to. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. Learn from what I say, people, not what I do. Okay. Okay. The hot chocolate and, sh- and alpine-style cheese thing, it's no no joke. It's very. It's sort of Tibetan-inspired, I feel like. Um, I feel, you know who introduced <laughs> me to it? It's true. The tea Tibet and, and, and They, they yak grate butter. butter and yak cheese into tea there. Yeah. Okay. You can really? have it in um, yak cheese over in Jackson not Heights. My favorite. Have really? we had uh, much? Not with the yak butter, but with regular butter mm. and the tea. Mm. It's delicious. Mm. I mean, it's supposed to take you through, you know, hard climate. Well, it's like it's like bulletproof <laughs> coffee, right? Isn't right. It? That's their whole Same thing. idea. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, it was me. introduced to me by Sergio Hernandez, and I and he. Did that, I believe, in his family life. Although I'm not sure, Sergio, well, you're gonna have to correct me uh, if you're listening to this. He's and Colombian. He's Colombian. Colombians do do that. I they, do th- they, think it's a thing. Yeah, they mix um, coffee and cheese mm-hmm. and chocolate and cheese. It's, it's very much a thing. Now I like coffee and cheese. I used to me bring too. to my coffee shop back in the day mm-hmm. cheeses to taste, and we would all have coffee and cheese. What's your favorite coffee and cheese pairing? Mm. I can tell you mine because I'm a big fan of this. I think we did all of them. My favorite. Every cheese and what every we, coffee? Of the whole world? No, no, no. <laughs> we did, we would be tasting cheeses for parties. So we would do all cheeses. So is there your, one that sticks out in your mind? Not blue. Oh, see, not my blue. favorite is Stilton. Stilton oh, and coffee. Really? I like dream. Stilton and chocolate. Oh. Yes, that too. That's a, mm. Although that's, again, a well yeah. tried that, But try yeah. a beautiful yeah. black coffee, Stilton. Hmm. Forget it. I, don't, I don't drink, really drink my coffee. coffee with milk. I don't drink coffee at all. Oh my god! How oh can god. you not? It doesn't. It's not for me. It wow. doesn't thrill you. No, I mean I, I like. Did the, you I, I like coffee. It doesn't like me. Let's leave it. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, been there. Okay. You had to give it up. Yes. Mm. Next question. Okay. So now this one could go. You know, I'm curious for Diane's answer because you're quite the cook, Diane, and doing all these book reviews. That are oftentimes cookbooks. Diane is gesticulating wildly with excitement <laughs> and ecstasy. What is your favorite springtime recipe that features a cheese? Well, 
Uh, let's see. Um, I've got some answers written down. Do you need me to answer first again so that you no, can no, come no, up with no, the no, answer? no, 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 no. <laughs> I would like to make a zucchini, spinach, parm, and Gruyere. That's that's spring for you. Well, <laughs> the zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the spinach. <laughs> hmm. It just sounds a little rib sticking. Oh, oh, well, then we have spring Wait, mac and cheese. Oh. Go on. Peas. Peas. Oh, with the peas, addition of peas, peas Is it just peas? No. Pancetta, peas, fontina, and gouda. Oh. What kind of fontina? I don't know. No, I mean, I don't I don't like fontina valdosta or like fontina fontal. Like no. Oh, valdosta. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, something serious. And how about figs with fresh mozzarella? Figs with fresh mozzarella. Mm. I don't know if they, I've, I've done figs with goat cheese, but not figs with mozzarella. I like figs with feta. Mm-hmm. Mm. It is interesting, though, that mozzarella feels very spring to me. Yeah, yeah. but is it? Like we, I mean, when I, I wrote it... It's a great when, question, right? Like when spring, I wrote yeah. it down, I said, well, Does is mozzarella spring? I will say or? that as soon as the warm weather hit, like we started selling three Way times more. as much mozzarella. Mm. Yeah, because it's... Well, it's, I guess you you can eat it fresh. Like fresh cheese is the spring thing in a way because you kind of move away from wanting really hot food and to cook. And you're yeah, yeah. you're kind of like excited to have things that feel lighter. Yeah, yeah. So figs and mozzarella, you don't have to cook. Yeah, no, that makes. Are you going to bring them together with an no, element that makes a lot of sense. like, like a, that. some olive oil or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little vin- actually with vinegar and olive oil, figs yeah. and mozzarella. Yeah, little yes. Balsamic. Everybody likes little, balsamic. Yeah, a little and fig. balsamic. <laughs> I love balsamic. Me too. Yeah, mm. it's great stuff. You know what? I don't like white balsamic. I think that's bullshit. I I have bought it once no, or twice in my life, thing. and it seems what like does it taste like? It's phony. That's, yeah, that just tastes like sweet light vinegar yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's not good that yeah. doesn't sound fun yeah i don't believe in it hmm. all right what about you aaron um something i made for an ex-girlfriend a long time ago mm-hmm. i've made a few times since uh when i'm feeling particularly chefy okay mm-hmm. uh, trying to impress to me spring means asparagus Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's we're, we're almost at a spare. It's almost there. Yeah, Very mm-hmm. close. it is. It's mm-hmm. so close. I'm looking um, for it every day. In New York, anyway. I think it's probably it must be happening a little bit further south now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like asparagus. I, when I cook asparagus, I'm oh, uh, almost always saute it in a mixture of butter and olive oil. Mm-hmm. I like them together because you get the little bit of the brown buttering happening, but it doesn't huh. scorch the butter. Now here's a question: yeah. Do you toss the asparagus in olive oil and then? Put it in the pan with butter? Are you have no, the oil I and hit, the butter both in I the pan? I take a chunk of butter and equal glug of olive oil right in the pan, get it bubbling, and then I toss the asparagus right in. Mm, got I it. rotate mm. them around on the pan and then take them out, and I like to put them on a bed of or top with a dollop of fresh sheep's milk ricotta, which is a very, Ooh, like, yes. another, like, ingredient that is spring, right? Mm, like, it totally. only, all mm. the sheep have, like... You know, the, all the all the lambs have been born, and then you've got sheep's milk for ricotta and for cheese making. Totally. Um, and then, you know, if you really want to gild the lily, you can hit it with, like, a poached duck egg or, <laughs> you know, something else. But, like, hitting it with black pepper is enough. Mm-hmm. Or tarragon would be really nice. Mm. Mint. Whatever mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, sounds delicious. But mm-hmm. it's super good. The egg the egg yolk is nice because it adds, like, a little sauce. Self-saucing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, We're coming over. Yeah. It's I'm a great dish, nice. and it's really not that hard to make. No. My answer was oddly similar. Mm. It was asparagus, but 
with like uh, Fiore Sardo, which has nothing to do with spring, really. Mm. But I like to saute. Sheep smoke in spring, though. Sheep smoke in spring definitely feels right. And but it's aged. Yeah, it is aged, but the smokiness of it, the subtle smokiness, mm. shaved thinly now, over... why is Fiore Sardo so subtly smoky? Well, it is actually the history there is from indirect smoke as the mm. wheels were dried in front of the fireplace. Do you know this and you know this? Aaron's got to know it. Yes. He's just, he just did a little alley-oop. testing to I see just, if you I knew thought it. I no, don't, how dare you? <laughs> Diana was trying to cause trouble. Oh, no, I, I thought our listeners would like to know, and yes. I wanted it to be organic. But some Fioro Sardo is smokier than others. Well, that's because it's a very small batch artisanal cheese, so mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot mm-hmm. of differentiation. Mm-hmm. Whereas Pecorino Sardo tends to be smoke-smoked. Mm. Um, it can be. Can it can also be, it not, can be, also smoked. be not smoked. It can also be not smoked at all. Yeah. Delicious as well. And that, that cheese, Pecorino Sardo, overlooked in my opinion. I think it's super tasty. <laughs> sure. Um, do we need to go to break? We do. Yeah. Okay. Way, to, way to spot the time. Okay. Oh, I love a good host show. <laughs> Listeners, we'll be back in a moment with more host hilarity here on the Heritage Radio Network in Bushwick. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conte within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conte. Conte takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conte is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conte is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. Are you enjoying our podcast? Heritage Radio Network has lots more. I'm Ethan Frisch. And I'm Jenny Dorsey. And together we host Why Food, a podcast about innovators, career changers, and entrepreneurs who are changing the face of food. How did these folks decide to hit the brakes, start over, and become inspiring chefs, entrepreneurs, farmers, and activists they are today? Browse episodes of Why Food wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm Elena Santigade, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Diane Stemple and Aaron Foster. We're rounding out our season with reflections, anecdotes. Reminiscences. Reminiscences. Remembrances. Remembrances. And questions. It's all very odd questions. And odd questions. Oh, speaking of odd questions, <laughs> Diane, 
Sounds like <laughs> sounds like you might have another um, topic. A, yeah, a surprise topic. Let yeah. us this, is, this is the like the the lightning round sort of. Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, that's well, what we'll call it. Second half of the show, listeners. Lightning round, host okay. show. Who's gonna ask what? Nobody knows. <laughs> While I was doing my research for Elena's questions, I came across. Can cheese be made out of breast milk? <laughs> We're talking about human breast milk? Yes. Okay. Now, first they mention tortilla, a, a, a well-known cheese that is the shape, the shape of, of a, a breast. breast. Right. But then... I feel like that bears just a, just a passing relation it, to this question. Yeah. Well, it was... Well, she's it tracing, came up first. This is how Diane's first. browsing history, you know, <laughs> we're know. seeing so, the picture here. I, I really I really hope you kept safe search on, Diane. I hope she didn't, because I'm going over to her house yeah. later on to see what <laughs> else Digging is... Digging deep in the cash. Well, then there was an article of, of, by Gail Green in 2010... The illustrious Gail Green. ...about mm-hmm. breast milk cheese, and then there was another article... From a grad student at NYU. A study? No. uh, It was someone who was doing a lady cheese shop. A lady Lady cheese shop. In 2011. Sorry, can you define the term lady cheese shop? It had capitals. (laughs) Lady. Cheese. It was shop. called Lady Cheese Shop? Yes. I don't even know how to write it. I think it had breast milk. Cheeses. Okay. Where was, was this shop located? London. I feel like I've read about this. Uh, no? I think the grad student was from NYU. Yeah, but that doesn't yeah, necessarily mean the shop. No, yeah. I'm well, going to go anyway, with Aaron's answer on this one. Um, it doesn't taste that good. Have you tasted it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me the creeps. It well, gives so me the total creeps. Mm. I, I don't know if you've ever gotten, as a, as a cheese, as a longtime cheesemonger. Yes. I will occasionally get a question in this arena Definitely. bounced yes. at me. Yes. Okay. Sometimes in seriousness, mostly in jest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But from often breast let's, feeders let's call gen- or just, you know, weirdos. Breast, yeah. um, breast no. cheese People curious. are trying to get a rise out of the cheesemonger. I mean, right. a lot of times right. people come, you know, Sensationalist. Drunk right, yeah. right. Um, so I think there's a couple of things at issue here. One is that we don't really consume cheese or dairy products in general from omnivore animals. Mm, okay. Good point. Typically, right? Okay. Like everything, all the milk that we consume is all from right. grass or, you know, mm. uh, veg- vegetarian animals. What do pigs eat? Pigs are omnivores, like they are omnivorous animals. Right. But um, they generally aren't fed meat. Okay. Okay, because I saw some pig meat cheese also. Pig 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 cheese. cheese, Yeah, And so a lot lot of people talk about, like, well, can you make cheese from a pig? That's Mm -hmm. for some reason that's always lumped in with Yes, that's like, it's a one two punch, these two questions. I know, I I find it insulting. Yes, Um, as a woman, I'm going to say, hmm. um, (laughs) What? And, like, you know, I think one of the answers is it's hard to milk a pig. Right, that's Um, usually my go to. And also that they just, their their diets are a little bit different. And the analogy would be like, Bears eat like different. You can eat you can eat bear in certain parts of the country, certain parts mm-hmm. of the world. Mm-hmm. But in the Pacific Northwest, where they eat a lot of fish, bear tastes super fishy. Oh, um, okay. And so we're really hmm. accustomed to the taste of 
either grain or grass okay. for, through the milk, through, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but would find, I think, an omnivorous diet like that of a human okay. um, to be a little bit unpalatable. Meaty? Unsettling, perhaps? Sure, we like I'm not sure you could cheese. make that. I wouldn't necessarily say that you could make that analogy one-to-one. Right, like, I don't think it's, yeah, it's not A to B like that. Right. Um, well, but we I find think... it unpalatable. And also then there's the question of, like, is the protein, sugar, and fat ratio suitable for that. I didn't find any discussion of that in my short perusal. Did you find photos? No. Um, but I did find that it was pasteurized, which seemed kind of <laughs> weird to me. Well, so what, I'm, what and, I remember from the story... And it said it was um, tasteless... But weird consistency. Well, it must have been fresh. I can't imagine yeah. someone making like a 10-pound wheel of breast milk cheese and aging it out for two years. You need no. a lot of tortilla for that. you got to get the breast milk co-op all together for a hangout. Well, so what I understand is there was some kind... Somebody tried to do this. I think it was in London. I think it was about 10 or 12 years ago mm-hmm. um, where they got a bunch of ladies together mm-hmm. to like make milk and sell it either as milk or as like mm-hmm. dairy products. And then there was a lot of concern about public health issues, yeah. um, hence the pasteurization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think it went anywhere because, like... Maybe well, the market demand wasn't yeah. so high. How, well, having breastfed yes. my son uh-huh. 29, 30 years ago... Um, I never tasted it. You never tasted it? Not even once? Never. You feeding this stuff to your baby? I did not taste it. Now, was that because you were creeped out by the idea of tasting it, or did it just not occur to you? I already like cheese. Yeah, you're, I mean, you were a dairy yeah. person. You were a yeah. prime candidate to no, be. No, I, I think I didn't think of it. Down it by the bottle full. Yeah. I mean, I also never had to pump. You never, like, dip your never finger pumped. in to make sure that it's warm. Yeah, what about the temperature check? Did you do the yeah, wrist the thing, check, I guess? Right. Oh, maybe, like it's yeah. to kind of lick it off. Yeah, no, but I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask his father. I mean, father. I've never tried breast milk as a... <laughs> Yeah. Maybe he had some. As, as someone know. with a palate memory at this point. Yeah, so. yeah I do not, not. Part of your. Hmm. And and unfortunately, my son does not remember. <laughs> no, I think that's quite or, fortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. is might be fortunate. Uh, hopefully, he's not listening. Wow, <laughs> me too. I, I wish I wasn't listening. Yeah, this was uh, this is very interesting. Well, you know, listeners. If anybody, if anybody out there yeah. has thoughts on this, yeah, yeah, please write, please call. write in. It'll be interesting. In. Yeah, we, we're yeah, looking yeah. for info. Yeah, not actually, to, just send it to Diane. Yeah. We'll let her. <laughs> Let's just let Diane field those messages. Cheese doc eighteen. Well, boobmilk.gov. <laughs> okay. Next up, I want to ask. <laughs> I want to ask each of you some specific questions. Okay. I'm going to get more specific about the season here at Cutting oh. the Curd that we're just rounding out. Oh, okay. like that our lightning round was just letting Diane ask a word. Question. Yeah, I mean that felt yeah. like a lightning round. Uh, okay. A lightning that was too experience easy. Too easy is how it felt. Okay. Unless should I pause my questions? More lightning round. Aaron, do you have? Do you want to jump in? Oh, uh, I'll squeeze in at the end if. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. I'm going to start with Foster here. Hmm. Um, Foster's show this season was with Ivy Ronquillo on the eve of her opening her new cheese shop. Yes, 48 hours from today, from now. 48 hours ah. from I checked her Instagram this morning just to see 
Had they opened yet. Or I, but or I guess it'll be Wednesday morning. Wednesday oh, morning. Oh, cool. my goodness. Second mouse cheese. Although I did just see today she, she got her some of her equipment in and oh, posted no. on our little message board. Does anyone know what this plug is? Because oh. it doesn't go in my wall. Oh. So, you know. So maybe those 72 dates are hours. Fluid, yes. <laughs> One thing that I was wondering listening to that great episode was how it was making you feel foster after having gone through your own opening talking to her as she i think you you put it she was looking over the precipice of this big leap i think i said precipice into the miasma into the miasma <laughs> how could i forget that yes you did which i then had to look up later to make sure and i, I feel i feel comfortable in my usage i think that your your usage fit within the definition of yeah, miasma a sort of poisonous fog and that quote gave me a hint as to your feelings <laughs> but yeah it wasn't it wasn't um uh an, a sort of independent yeah, <laughs> non-committal. How, how old is your shop? My shop is into its fourth year. Oh, fourth wow. Year. wow. And so what... Okay, here are some of the things I, I was like wondering. I like Owen Wilson. That's great. Oh, Diane. Wow. <laughs> Were you, you feeling... Did Thank you, you feel... Uh, sentimental? Did you think back on those early days? No, I felt days? very... I felt um, uh, um, sort of... Protective? Yes, yeah, sort of paternal protective, like... Like like seeing her go into this thing, almost seems, like you didn't want... She extremely confident and very... She was very energetic on the show. Knowledgeable and, like, mm-hmm. and like very... Ready. Ready, and I... And you wanted to tell her, you don't know what you're getting sort into. Sort of, or... May, or I, but I think maybe there was some jealousy in there on my part as well, mm. which is, like, maybe she does, and I mm. didn't. Mm. But I felt really prepared... <laughs> until until I wasn't until wasn't. you weren't yeah. um, and so I mean I was like you know do you know what your numbers are do you know where you want to yeah be? she had answers like, she did and I I was ready to be like I'm happy I, and I've I offer anyone who comes to me and says like I'm opening a cheese shop I I say don't and then I say but if you're going to um, you know I'm happy to give you anything anything that I know any of my knowledge I'm happy to share right um, but uh, you know I felt um, like anxiously optimistic, mm. I think for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also know that it's really hard, and it strains a marriage and strains a life, and she's yeah. got kids, and yeah. um, it's 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 a lot of work, man. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I also have so much respect for people that follow their dreams to that extent, mm-hmm. and um, and know what their dreams are, and and can manifest them in such an amazing way. So, mm. like yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like myself. <laughs> He's Said making a, a funny face. Hesitancy. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny because you're like, you're living your dream. And it's like, you're like it, yeah, yeah, I, I thought, thought. Yeah. I yes. thought it might feel different. Right. This is a weird dream. <laughs> it's Why a nightmare. can I not move? And I'm <laughs> sick to my stomach. I can't hear my own screams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. So I wish her the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very excited for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to check back in. Yeah, maybe yeah, it'll be easier be up there. Right? Any possibility? So what I think I is, mean, I mean, I, I, she is closed I think she'll one do well. day a week. I'm optimistic for her. I think ultimately, like any location, any new business like this that actually requires like people to come in your door and and bring you business. It's not like you're you're writing a a computer program and then selling it like like you need someone every day you need a lot of people that come into your door and right. come to you specifically mm-hmm. and that means like changing behaviors and 
So that that I think adds like a great level of anxiety to the whole thing, and mm-hmm. and is always complicated because you're dealing with humans. Right. Good point. <laughs> very very good point. It'd be easier if you were selling cheese to dogs, or if it was just widgets. <laughs> widgets would be so simple. It'd be harder because dogs don't use money. Ah, right. One trick. Do widgets use money? Yeah, they can. <laughs> I just didn't expect that question. <laughs> Okay. You got me, Diane. <laughs> Adventure Stemple. <laughs> I just thought maybe I didn't know widgets. Gold. You're thinking of Gidget, I think. Oh, there you it's go. more from your right. era. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. generational yes. difference. <laughs> All right, Diane, you're next. Oh, oh, shit. This season, you hosted three book review episodes. You reviewed Janet Fletcher's Wine Country Table. Steve Jones's Cheese Beer Wine Cider, and Mike Edison's memoir, You Are a Complete Disappointment. Of the three, which book did you learn the most from? Oh. Oh, that's a hard question. I think beer, cheese, and wine because um, I wanted to learn Mm. about all those things. Right. Was that even a choice? Yeah, yeah, that was the I second. I did learn Steve Jones. Um, a lot more than I thought I would from Janet Fletcher's book mm-hmm. because it had a lot of information hmm. about vegetables and wine and all sorts of California stuff. She's very good at writing about um, things that seem like they would be really related to each other over and over and over again and making them all seem kind of different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a freshness in her books um, where you're like, wow, this is a new book. Yeah. I like it. But, well, and also it was gigantic and had amazing pictures. But the Beer, Cheese, and Wine book was a dive into cider, which I'd never thought about. That's and also in the title. Beer right, cheese, you're saying Beer, Cheese, and Wine. I'm like, yeah. do you I like it? I think the title is all four. Was yeah, the cider yeah. the big, Oh, beer, was, beer, Cheese, Wine, Cider. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Whatever. Which, is, um, which, so were you most compelled? Like, I, I feel like you're passionate about beer. Yes. Um... Is cider like an area that you want to that you wanted to specifically learn right, about? Right, like is that going to kick off a passion? Yeah. I don't think so because it's not enough like beer. <laughs> Diane is deep in a beer phase. Yeah. I'm trying to branch out to pilsners. Right. From, yes, like from, from IPA. IPAs. She has yeah, been yeah. deep in not only a beer phase but only IPA. I can't go to sour. I just can't, can't do it. I'm it's not hard interested. On the, it's hard on the esophagus, you know. Yeah, it's tricky. I find the the. Uh, oh, is it bad? Stomach acid. Yeah. I, find it, I mean, I love sour beer, but it's hard to drink. Yeah. I don't like the taste of it. Mm. So, what about dark beers? Uh, not not much, as much. Not yeah. as interested. So mm. I'm going up to pilsners. Mm. You know, instead of down. Yeah, to the to weird weirdnesses. Sure, that yeah, makes sense. But. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so I just loved the book, and and they have excellent information. Oh, right, and their descriptions in their descriptions, and their descriptions really wild. You're wild. Yeah. yeah. What about yeah. what about double IPAs? I'll try them. Okay. I mean, I try not to drink too heavily. Sure. <laughs> you right. know, you can have like two I, IPAs, but could only have one double IPA. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no, I like the places with the small glasses. Right. I right. love a six-ounce pour. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people that, like, it's a half pour. Yeah, because I like four of them instead right. of More things a big drink. beer. Well, also, my yeah. thing is I like it to be cold. I like mm. having yes. it cold. I, if I'm yes. sitting with a whole pint, I'm either going to down it way faster than I want to, right. or the second half is going to taste weird. Right. 
Right, right. Yeah, yeah I like cold enough. too. Yeah, that is that is why actually small I have glasses a, are good. You know, here's a tip. Yeah, I do this sometimes at coffee shops for the same reason, but wanting the coffee to be hot. Mm-hmm. Do a little thing called a now and later. Let me pay for the full pint. Pour me half now and half later. Oh, that's a great idea. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Whoa. Do idea. they do that? Do they find you to be a pest? Usually places will do it. We actually, we, we get very few people that do that. You know, uh, you could add it to your menu and call it the N- Elena's now and later. I'm not going to do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be too, too it's just, difficult. It's a pain in the ass, but I'm happy to oblige. <laughs> but verbal order. requests you will Absolutely. honor. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I think the now and later is a fun, it's a fun oh, way I to have Oh, yep. I love that. I love that. It's also a really, I wonder if a, you can do it with beer. removes your fillings. What is that candy? Is it like a taffy? Yeah, it's sort of like a fruity taffy. Okay, doing a big call back here. What cheese would you pair taffy with? Mm. This is tricky. But not like a butterscotch taffy, like a fruit taffy? No, no. Fruit taffy, a now and later, let's say. If you, if you aren't familiar with now and later, Diane. I'm not. Fruit taffy wants uh, a blue cheese. Saltwater taffy. fruit. Yeah, oh. fruit taffy and blue. I could oh, see I that. do not like fruit taffy. I hate it. <laughs> I never want to eat it. The look on Diane's face <laughs> right now in the studio. Sorry, did someone say blue ta- fruit taffy? Get out! <laughs> You're off the show. Well, so why don't you tell us what your favorite memory was from this season? You did a bunch of shows. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, there you go. You know, what, what Thank you, Aaron. Wow. Um, you know, probably oh the, you the learn? most fun How did you learn? What did you learn? Yeah. <laughs> Was there something about cheese? You know, that you didn't okay, really I'll know? I'll do okay. I'll answer with two episodes. Great. Okay, um, my episode with Inga Witcher, mm-hmm. who hosts around the farm table in Wisconsin and has a small dairy farm of her own, I found to be really, really fun and inspiring. Mm-hmm. She actually her barn had just burned down in the fall, and the end of the fall season. And when I had her on air, they're rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a blast, and we that show was a lot of fun because we both had finished reading Michelle Obama's book, <laughs> and we kept finding ways to talk about it, which felt really fun. I never expected to talk about that book on Cutting the Curd, so because sadly there's not a single mention of cheese. Because Diane, you know that I would ask Michelle Obama no, to come on. Know that, um, Bailey Hazen, I believe it was Bailey Hazen. It was uh, in the White House. Was yes. In the White House yes. Menu, yes. Yeah. yes. Twice. Mm. So unfortunately that didn't make it into the book, I guess. But mm-hmm. so that was a really, a really interesting episode. And I thought I wasn't sure, you know, like from seeing around the farm table, I wasn't sure how Inga, you know, like if we'd hit it off and I just felt like she could be, I, I wanted her to be my best friend. Was it in person? No, it was over the phone. Oh, oh wow. And then... I had a lot of fun recently interviewing uh, Rachel from Goodzor, the sour beer bar in Denver, where mm. we went before ACS. Mm-hmm. Diane, you it's were a there. lovely bar. And I, what I liked about that episode was how inspiring. It's sort of similar to Diane the, was like, do you guys have any IPAs? I don't like sour beer. She was beer. like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Diane was disappointed by that. I don't even remember it. It was... Yeah, too many IPAs. Too many IPAs. They you probably had them. You probably brought your own, knowing you. It's also a legal weed state. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Diane had her. Diane had other methods at her disposal. I forgot that. Similar to Foster's show with Ivy. Is that where we walked? No. No, no. That was, <laughs> that was a different memory. <laughs> 
That was on our vacation. Yeah, that was a separate, that was a pre-ACS trip. Yeah. That was hilarious. That was fun. We, I think, well, where was that? What town were we in? Breckenridge? Yes, we made we made a scene in Breckenridge. I'll just leave it there. Um, Me and Amy thing, and right? Elena. It's true. But Girls trip. The Good Zor folks are doing, they have all the energy in the world, and they that really inspired me, sort of like the Ivy Show. Like They're filled with that new enthusiasm for their business, for the products. They're just making everything happen. They're, they they like totally infected me with a like renewed sense of wonder about like the possibilities, which felt really fun. Yeah, I think it's always really gratifying to encounter those people, mm-hmm. especially when you've been doing something for so long. And- yes. Um, you might have lost a little bit of steam. It's and when you hear a lot, I mean, I feel like we hear a lot about the problems people are facing, the challenges, the the things that make life in cheese hard. And we hear a lot about why people love it and what keeps the passion alive, too. But when you're seeing someone not only feel the passion, but pulling it off and getting getting shit done in a huge way, that just, like, I'm floored by it. Mm-hmm. So that episode was mm. really fun. And... I mean, they were in the midst of a road trip from Vermont back to Denver with a cheese that had been washed in a sour beer that they had designed. Oh, oh, they're cool. like hand ferrying back to Denver. <laughs> Seriously. And, then, and also dropping off and selling it to restaurants on the way. Oh, cool. So that was just like so cool. <laughs> that sounds so against the health code regulations. Yeah, well, you know, let's, just, let's just assume the listening. cold chain yeah, you yeah. Know, was preserved. I, mm-hmm. I it was in their trunk, probably. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool trunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's my answer. Um, okay. Wow. Okay, I think that's it. Wow. No, that's not it. Oh, it's no, not it. Oh, okay. The last part, the best part. Oh, is is what would you name your new baby goat? <laughs> oh, oh, I have we some. Save the best names. for last. Great, excellent. I have well some because names. you know it's kidding season. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, if you if you follow any goat cheese makers on Instagram, you see these right. little hopping. There's tons mm-hmm. of baby goats out there silly right goats now. Doing silly things. It's mm-hmm. a fun. This is a fun brainstorm here. You have some names that you I prepared. I do. I prepared some names. Boys and girls. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> will, you, will you share some with us? Yes. Yeah, let's hear it. Yes. One is Budinsky. 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 Okay. Budinsky. Like, yeah, yeah. Like a, like a but don't stop being such a Budinsky. Yes. B U T T I N S K Y. Is this because goats are always up in your business? Well, it's because I think I've called people Budinskis my whole life. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What does and that have to do with goats, though? Because they're cute. Because they butt. Oh, okay. Oh, right. No, that's great. Perfect. Love it. She got it. She got it. Great. Good. We figured okay. that out. Okay. And can I say my next one? Yes. Scapegoat. Okay. Would you I like call it. would you call a scapegoat scapey? Maybe. Yeah. Or I might call him scape. Scape. <laughs> okay. Yeah, scapegoat is good. Do you Those have are, other, do you have others? No. Okay. Those none, are good. None. What oh. about you? No, you go first. I want to go last. You okay. want me to go first? You go first. Well, I don't have an answer. <laughs> have to point out I, I figured Elena I did not do her up. homework. I've got wow. to change up the dynamics here. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Diane you... was so well prepared. Well, I just okay, didn't well, do I'll it. I'll do mine and then you have come, the come next up 30 with an seconds answer. to come up with one. All right. All right. Okay. I'm thinking. Um, I like that you could have just been like, stay on. That's your turn. Because we're on the radio. <laughs> no one can see you being like, I don't have one. Um, I, I came up. Butris, Butris, Goaty. Love it. 
Diane's looking at me like, Diane, I don't get, get it. it. Oh, okay, 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 okay. She doesn't like it. Nope. Um, I think if we were to let the internet decide, they would come up with Cody McGoatface. <laughs> okay. Right? Yep, definitely. Um, I don't know if you guys poll. are Baywatch fans. Um, yes. Yasmin Bleat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. That's a good one. <laughs> These are good. Um, that is a good if you're one. interested in uh, history of mathematics and um, non-Euclidean geometry, we could go with <laughs> Nikolai Ivanovich Lobashevsky. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. This is ending on a real high note here. That's yeah. too long. Foster, you really... Nick. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, and then, of course, for our hip-hop fans, it's a goat's face killer. Oh, wow. Uh, wow, wow, wow. No, I vote. That's my favorite. Okay. All right. I can't top that. I'm just going to leave it there. I think Yasmin Bleat is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Another host show under the belt. Ah. In the books. In the, In books. the books. On, On the record. Record. On heritageradionetwork.org. <laughs> it's Diane Stemple, Aaron Foster, and Elena Sanigade with our lovely producer. Engineer Engineer Matt. Matt. Yes. Hello. I see him bopping his head up and down. <laughs> and he's telling us to give us the hook and show. Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Just yeah. come on. Yes. Let's give do us it. a pizza. Let's look. Well, okay. Thanks for listening this season, folks. Yes. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back in a few weeks with new episodes of Cutting the Curd. Is that soon? <laughs> Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.